Hello and welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine and back after a long hiatus, uh, Rodrigo Sanchez Cheveria. How are you, man? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I am all right. I had my first, uh, I, st- I still don't own the bar, but I had my first uh, call. Something's going wrong. I've got a bike over there and uh, <laughs> you biked fix it. Way, yeah, right? yeah. You didn't use a little lime green scooter? No, no. Weirdly, they don't have one perched outside my house. But uh, So I had to, the ATM machine went down in the tra- tra- process. So uh, so my notes that I was going to, you know, in-depth write tonight as the kids were doing bath time, I did not really write. So today, again, we're uh, continuing a long history recently of... Congratulations on a good showing for the uh, away game over Yeah, the we'll talk about that at, yeah. the, at the bar. Um, we do not have uh, Eric Silva Brenneman here, but we have the, the seat open for Elijah. Uh, and on the phone <laughs> is uh, Alex Schieferdecker. Hey, man. Hey, how are you guys? Uh, you know, I just explained how I am, but... Oh, I want to know about Rodrigo. Um, I'm, I'm okay. I'm pretty Co- decent. Back just, to coaching. Yep, coaching again, so um, dealt with a lot of uh, questions, and I've just been going around circles talking with a lot of people about uh, Salvo and how that's going and how that's going on. Salvo? Yeah, the new the, the merging of the of Woodbury and the Rev. Oh. So there's been more development and stuff like that, yeah. so there's just there's people well, asking questions, yeah, so. There might be Super a, Club. Uh, there might be the Manchester United job opening up soon, so uh, if you're interested, start hey. uh, start working on that that CV. Yeah, I'm available. <laughs> uh, you heard it here first, then. Um, so uh, on this podcast, obviously, we're going to talk about Minnesota United. I guess I won't even preview. We'll just jump right in because there's a question from Nate in St. Paul. Uh, what non-American league should Loons fans watch now that their domestic league has defeated their souls? Please no EPL. It's for losers. Uh, true, Nate. Uh, do, do you have an answer for this, Rodrigo? Um, well, I watch the Bundesliga and Liga MX Femenil. Okay. And uh, whenever I get a chance to do the, the NWSL. So. Okay. Um, but n- it's always fun to watch... Russian uh, third uh, third division soccer. So, do you just find dodgy streams? Yeah, I want dodgy streams. I just you know, okay. just whatever you do, just 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 don't watch Series A. Don't watch that. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, Alex, do you, do you have do you have any uh, recommendations here? Well, it's not in operation yet, but I'm excited about the first season next year of the Canadian Premier League. Go Halifax Wanderers! Is that who you're? That's your team. That's my team. They've got the best logo in the league. Gonna have to right. check that out. Yeah, I have, I've uh, I've I've seen all the logos, but I have not committed yet to who I'm going to support. I, I mean, it might be FC Edmonton just because of uh, the long time uh, affinity with those those folks. But um, uh, this, this Nate's question ties into uh, the general questions that we got from Mad Mardigan and uh, Greg Smith asking for a Tottenham minute and then a Whitehawk FC minute. No one really wants a minute other than, I guess, Meet Bali and Mad Mar- Mardigan um, on Tottenham. I didn't even watch the game today. I've, I've been, like, going crazy trying to finish stuff for the bar. Uh, but Tottenham are, uh, you know, undefeated, uh, top of the table, along with uh, Liverpool and uh, Wigan. No, not Wigan. <laughs> Watford. One no of the idea. W's. Uh, but 
So I've, I've got nothing to say about Spurs right now. But I will say, Whitehawk drew again today, and so they, they are still... Uh, where, where are they right now? Um, I think they're just, you know, just above mid-table. So um, this is they're now in the 7th division. Yeah, they're in 11th. They've got 6 points from 5. They are just cruising up the table. They're going to do it. Um, but the, I mean, we've, we've got kind of the, the uh, hipster's choice of, of teams that you can follow. Um, obviously, Bundesliga 2 with FC St. Pauli. Uh, they're in 6th. Um, and then there's uh, League 2, the 4th division. Watch the vegan team, uh, Forest Green. They're in 12th. Uh, we've not picked out any superstar teams for you here, apparently. But um, those are the teams that you should really be supporting. But Yeah, watch any other U17 uh, world. <laughs> no, in, it's always much better than what we're In, in reality, though, Bundesliga, Liga, Liga MX, and then uh, Championship are the places that I think that you can turn on and find something interesting going on in those yeah. games. Bundesliga is probably the best because there's young Americans. You know, used to be that you turn on Premier League and there'd be the Fulham players, there'd be Blackburn players or something like that um, from the U.S. But now Newcastle, right? Yeah, there's Yedlin at Newcastle, and I feel like Bundesliga uh, is also undergoing uh, like a tactical renaissance because I mean the league is sort of. Not been so competitive in Europe in recent years, and it feels like a lot of the older coaches have have left, and now they've got all these like twenty and thirty year olds basically coaching big teams, uh, which is kind of fun. And I, I my hope is that uh, when Minnesota United gets a new coach, that one of the things they look at is one of these young German guys, just get him to you know. You're not going to get the the next Thomas Tuchel, but you could get the next you know get someone from from Bundesliga, from uh, what Eintracht's. Uh, oh, I was going to say Eintracht's in third, but they've only played one game. <laughs> Never mind. Um, so that we didn't really actually give you many good answers there, Nate. We but I, I think answers. I think we said there's there's Bundesliga, there's Championship, there's uh, Liga MX and Liga MX Femenil, uh, there's NWSL games, and uh, Nate in St. Paul who asked this question. Uh, I believe he's not a Midway guy, but he's a Frogtown guy. Nate, I do know a bar that's opening up not far from you that will have NWSL games on and Liga MX games on. So not too far, but yes, not too far. Um, so uh, we are we are actually um, uh, today today's show is not actually brought to you by, but um, uh, because I was racing around, I didn't have time to. Uh, to get proper drinks for for us to, to do, so uh, I get a lot of like weird samples from the distributors now. Uh, what, what are you drinking here, Rodrigo? It, it looks like a really flat Inca Cola. It's a it's a it's a boxed wine yeah, called a house, wine. house Wine. So Chardonnay. I think this is gonna be a thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get sponsorships that no one will actually want because exactly, right. I'm drinking uh, hard seltzer. Have you ever had this before? No, I have not. Alex. Is this LaCroix that you just poured vodka into? No, but it's it's basically like going for that. It's like it tastes like LaCroix, but it has 5% alcohol. It's like black okay. beer. It's all kind right. of all right. It's okay. So mm. there you go. Might be Brought to you by drinks at the bar. kind of all right. Um, hey, okay. I think it'd be Chicanos at the moment. Easy yeah. to make <laughs> and lots of pizza. Uh, there's the, the other section uh, you did not ask for, listeners. Um Let's take a break. We'll come back, and we will talk about Minnesota United in Kansas City not getting destroyed. We 
Back on the 55-1 podcast, uh, Minnesota United were in uh, Kansas City, and I had forgotten that we drew 1-1 there last year. Uh, it wasn't all just bare-bottom spanking uh, against Kansas City. Uh, and we also did beat Kansas City at home. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, you were uh, Rodrigo, during the break, you wanted to talk about this, the the Peruvian thing. Go go with your Peruvian angle. Hell no, I was watching the MLS, uh, the uh, Sounders and the Timbers game because of Andy Polo and uh, Rui Diaz. And in an, an interview, well, not an interview, but the commenters were talking, they were t- uh, interviewed Rui Diaz and asked him what's it like to play against your other um, Peruvian teammates and he mentioned that there's an ongoing uh, bet of $300 depending on which you know which teams are playing and the winner takes the $300 so according to my math I think Alexi Gomez is out uh, about $600 or, or so uh, and because they had asked him because the last team he played was uh, Minnesota there was another Peruvian in there and he asked him if he if he if he if he cashed in and then he goes oh yeah yeah. Just took all the money. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Minnesota United go down there, and they are uh, missing. Uh, I mean, most notably Darwin Quintero. And uh, and so the the way that they decide to set up is kind of to not not so much have a ten, although Ibsen was kind of pushed up into an attacking midfield role. I don't think into a ten role. And then they had Toy next to Rod- uh, Rodriguez. Um, so. I, I guess my first question is, uh, I'll, I'll send this to you, Alex. Uh, wh- what did that do? Was that was that a positive move? I mean, obviously they're missing their star player, uh, Christian Ramirez, and then they're also missing. <laughs> 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 uh, but what, what did that do do for the team? How did it look? Well, it didn't look very good. Um, I, I, I kind of I touched upon this a bit in my match day post this week but when we you know if you hearken back a year you know over a year and a half ago when adrian heath was hired and people were talking and, and jamie watson especially was was talking about adrian heath's system and his sort of his sort of way that he sets up the team to attack and i don't see it i still don't see it i don't we've never been an above-average attacking team. And with Darwin Quintero joining the team, our attacking strategy became sort of get the ball to Darwin Quintero and see what happens, which turns out not to have been so bad of a strategy. But when he's out injured, we have nothing left. And there was just, there was really not any evidence of cohesiveness uh, or understanding between the parts of that attack. Uh, and that was the same thing the week before in Dallas. You know, we, we created a lot of half chances that were sort of pretty simple half chances coming off of crosses or shots from distance or that kind of stuff. There was nothing particularly intricate, nothing that really showed that the the players in the attack had a, had a good idea of where each other was going to be. And it's frustrating because this is something that should be something that the team can, can work on, you know, especially when you know that Quintero is going to be out and he's been out for another week and, and it, well, there was really not a lot of evidence of it. 
Well, Jeff Reuter's piece uh, for the Athletic talked about um, how none of the none of the attacks or chances on goal came from counterattacks in this game, and with when we switched to the three five two, this team suddenly to to our you know we our praise like uh, started to switch more to a counter. You know, um, you saw Ibarra and Quintero and these guys doing that, um, and and then we were also then told that. Uh, Rodriguez is going to fit more into this mold of uh, of the type of player that Heath wants out there, um, and so I, I think one of the things that that kind of concerns me is that um, we've got this setup with you know three center backs and two kind of very holding, tackling if if not holding at least tackling midfielders in Warner and Schuler, and we're not forcing that many turnovers, uh, especially high up in the pitch. We're dropping deep and kind of maybe maybe intercepting a little bit. Uh, I, I thought the first half was proper proper dull, you know, and, and, and in a good way where, you know, as long as they didn't score in the first half, then that was a good half. We didn't create many chances, but, you know, Toy had that chance late in the first half on the corner. Um, you know, it was headed down. He kind of fin- could have finished, and, uh, and then Coleman kind of goes in and tries to head in the, uh, the popped-up ball. So, you know, uh, it, it is a game where you look at that and you say, well, if, uh, and I know I'm being stupid by saying this, but if Ramirez is in there, that, that ball's in the net. That, that's, a, that's a standard poacher. It was a good save by Melia. It was also an awkward ball because Toy was unbalanced and he wasn't like, Centered like in his position because he was he had one foot, he was leaning more to one's way, and then he saw the ball and he tried to poke it with his foot, uh, and it just was there was no good connection with the ball. So like, I can't really. I mean, like, how many times has that happened to us and it's gone uh, in? I agree, Tor- but at the same time, I think Tory had yeah. a big miss later in the game, but that that first half chance, I didn't come away from it thinking like, oh man. What an idiot! You know, he I'm no, scored. no, I and I say that not, not in saying. I, I think Toy is just still raw. I think yeah. uh, I'm glad to see him out there. I'm glad to see him get chances. I hope that he gets one goal just to, just to break the duck. But I'm my point is just that that is kind of a poacher's goal, like with the other goal where I think Ramirez puts that in. But um, and so uh, what I actually liked about uh, about this game is that I. We saw Rodriguez not just playing as the lone forward, but actually playing with another striker, and I thought it worked well. You know, Rodriguez, you know, well, the, the other chance you talk about, Alex, there, uh, Rodriguez sends in a good cross, goes past Ibsen, and Toy's there, yeah. and, he, and Rodriguez created that by doing a great turn, and it's like, man, wouldn't it be great if Rodriguez was playing with a, <laughs> another, a top striker? Who could put that away? And and I'm so I'm not saying that knocking on Toy, but I don't think Toy is ready to be mm-hmm. starting in MLS right now. And so, I I, I think that I, I you can imagine how the the two forward setup w- would work. Two true forwards, not with not with Quintero in there. Um, but I do think that the that we have to sort of separate the first half from the, the second half when Sporting had scored and then they scored again and then. I think that the game state was pretty different, and I think that 
that Sporting then sort of took their foot off the gas a little bit. But in the first half, you know, it is true that the score is 0-0 and the Loons were holding Sporting to shots outside the box. But I was not confident. And it's not just knowing the history of Minnesota and, and what kind of team this is, but we were we could not hold the ball in midfield. We were we could not hit on the counter. We we were just giving the ball up almost instantly and then Sporting would build again. And it, it seemed, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, but I felt at the time, it just, it really did feel like we either had to get way better at what we were doing or the dam was going to break. I didn't expect it to break quite so soon, but, you know, I was I was very ready for like a 70th, 80th minute goal by Sporting and, and a breakthrough because we were not, you don't have to hold the ball all the time to be successful, but you do have to be dangerous and do something when you have it. Otherwise, you're just inviting the other team forward, and that's what we were doing. Well, the problem, you know, we weren't set up to counter from the beginning, and uh, and we weren't kind of doing causing turnovers kind of higher up the pitch to make a successful counter. So then we would possess the ball, but not do it very well because we didn't have, you know, the optimal uh, players out there to possess the ball. And then we'd give up the ball and let them counter on us, which seems a very bad thing to be doing on the road. Um, you know, you talked about the, the early half goal, um, you know, basically like the second minute of the second half. Um, uh, Coleman on that comes out. He's marking Diego Rubio. So he comes out to the, to the side and um, he's got him trapped there with Jerry. But... You know, they uh, Rubio splits them, passes it over to um, uh, it's not Quase, it was Russell. Um, but Calvo, when when Coleman vacated the center space, um, Boxall's with Russell, and Calvo has nobody and doesn't collapse the space. Right, he doesn't go move more centrally, and so that means there's a there's probably thirty yards between Boxall and Calvo, and so then. When Russell comes in, Calvo comes forward, and then there's space again for uh, Croze to come in and finish. And it was just like it was just like one of those little kids' puzzles where you're shuffling the the blocks around to get to you know to get them lined up. It was so easy for them to just move move the defenders around and then find space in there. Which, when you've got five defenders back there, it should not be easy. Uh, for uh, to do that to a to a in a way team who should be compact, um, so that was pretty that was pretty frustrating. We've seen that kind of thing that kind of miscommunication happen before. Yeah. Between uh, with like in, in previously between Miller and Calvo, I don't. I mean, um, we've yeah, added and, more and, people back there, but they're not necessarily more organized. And, and we. Just, what yeah. are we? What are What are they doing every week? I, I, I don't I don't know. Well, Calvo was just watching there, and Coleman usually would be barking. At, and Boxall usually is barking. The two of them bark at people and tell them where to move. But someone needed in that back line needed to be yelling to say, "Yeah, tighten up here." But Boxall um, was 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 too slow to recognize that play too. I mean, he mm-hmm. Quase definitely had a step. Quase is not a lightning quick guy, and he got a step on Boxall. Yeah, um, and same. And Jerry, you know, we should say that Eric Miller went out with an injury. I've not heard anything. We probably won't Andy hear anything. Say, yeah. yeah. So 
Jerry comes back, and Jerry, you know, everyone loves Jerry. We want him to do well. He definitely looked like he had not played in a couple of months. Yeah, he um, but, but he did stay with Rubio on that goal. It's just that Rubio cut the ball almost underneath him. He, he yeah. went like too far, and then it was sort of cruel because I think Shuttleworth was leaning the wrong way both times. He was leaning to his far post on the Russell goal and to his near post on the Rubio goal, and then the ball went the opposite way. That's not to excuse him because he had a bad game, but it's just kind of... It, it was it was ironic how both goals were so similar in their construction, but the yeah. shot went in different directions. I thought Bobby wasn't. I don't know. It just seemed like his reaction was a bit slow. Um, but you know. But at the same time, Jerry, you know, he he they just gave him enough space to be able to take that shot, and he just didn't time that well. No. And you could totally tell his reaction when he saw the ball go into the goal and just hands to the head, and knowing that he was close enough to be able yeah. to stop that and. Yeah, that doesn't feel good when you come back. That's one of the things that you have to yeah. have to take on. So. Alex, you, you mentioned um, that the team, uh, that Sporting kind of took their foot off the gas in the second half. <clears throat> but they also, I mean, there was also the change of Danilotti coming on and Romario coming on. Mm-hmm. Um, and those were significant changes because um, both Danilotti and Romario were part of build-up play that... Um, led to a number of chances you know we we outshot uh, uh kc and i think you know some of them were pretty decent uh you know uh, ibsen hit the bar uh um or the the yeah the crossbar uh laid on and that came from romario making a great run into the box um and, and so i i, I am uh, again we've said this since romario came I'm really confused why he's not playing more. Um, like he's not. It, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's a it's a how, mystery. How weird was it that France Pangop started in Dallas with Romario on the bench, and then in Sporting in Kansas City, Romario was still on the bench, and France Pangop wasn't in the 18. I don't understand what happened there. Is there like a automatic, like just an automatically generated robot? Make like they just like put the names all in. Uh, there's there's 22 players, so just put them in gen- roster generator. Yeah, no, I don't know. We, we we know there's not because it's the same people every time. It, it's like when Colin Warner, you know, Colin Warner went from not being in the 18 to starting again. And yeah, literally, like, well, we we were trying to figure out if he was still in the team, and suddenly yeah. he's like valued starter. Well, you, you you must you must agree that Pangop's uh, role last game wasn't one of his best. I mean, he's he he wasn't fit at all. I mean, that game didn't happen because none of us watched it and we didn't do a podcast. So. <laughs> I, with, <laughs> with Pang- money, but still, he didn't he didn't he wasn't fit for it, and he wasn't able to give back to that one goal. I mean, I put that goal on him because he wasn't able able to, able to come back and trap back at. Uh, and attacking when when, yeah, but when he, he was being barked at orders by one of our defenders saying, "Hey, that's you." And all of a sudden, because he decides to jog in, I mean, I think he's in the doghouse for that move. Listen, um, he could not shoot, cross, or defend in that game, but he sure could dribble. I mean, but yeah, that's that's the quintessential. That's Alexi Gomez, right? I mean, you get these <laughs> yeah. you get these foreign players coming in, and obviously they're talented players, but they are not. Uh, I mean, they're they're they've they've got a certain level of real good technical ability, 
but it's the other things that they that they don't have that they're not bringing to and that they're not able to adapt to. Um, it's the reason they're in MLS, to be honest. Um, so I, I, while we're while we're on the the uh, Cameroonian train, I'm gonna uh, take a break from uh, Minnesota versus Sporting Kansas City. Um, Alex, I don't Rodrigo, you probably didn't see this, but Alex, did you watch the the highlights of North Carolina versus Rally this yeah. weekend? Yeah. So Owundi's on uh, <laughs> loan at Rally, and it's the big North Carolina at Charlotte. Uh, Derby. He's in Charlotte. Charlotte. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Duh. Yeah. Charlotte. Um, and he's on loan at Charlotte. It's big North Carolina Derby, and um, it ends six to two. And everyone, go watch these highlights because you, Owundi, he's number sixteen I, in the highlights. I swear to God, I got done watching it for the third time, and I thought. Oh, this is sixth sense. Like right now, I just realized like, a Wendy's not actually a person. He's just a ghost. Because he the the way that he defends, it's almost as if no one knows he's there, and only <laughs> we, the viewer, know he's there. It's so crazy. Like he and there's like two plays where he's just kind of like kind of jogging. The second and the, players, and the third goal are really not oh, flattering. Oh my god! I just I watched it. At least seventy times or twice, but um, <laughs> it's it's good. Everyone go watch uh, oh, M Night Shyamalan's uh, highlight so, clips. So at least you're okay with that move, then, right? Yeah. Oh man, yeah. So uh, that that's bizarre. Um, back to Minnesota United. Uh, I I actually I, so I watched this game. Did not feel too bad about it. I thought um, I I liked some of what I saw from Enriquez, although I don't think he actually had a chance on goal but i liked i like he the had a good he had a low shot late okay. in the game that, right. that yeah, gave me a little bit of trouble okay and an mls highlight you know dribbling to four people that okay uh really felt more like he was stumbling he also yeah, yeah, he yeah, also yeah, had yeah. that okay. cross that toy missed and he had a good run where he beat a couple guys and then kept right. waiting for toy to make a run he never did so, and then yeah, like so gave it away <laughs> right, that, that the extra stuff I really like from him. He had a decent uh, game. He just hasn't yeah. scored. And so, uh, you know, I I felt like we didn't get destroyed. And I know it's like we need to have a higher bar at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but um, I I don't know. Do, do Rodrigo? Do do you have do you have positivity about this, or did you just was it just fine? Did well, you I mean, were you it's, angry? It's just not just angry. I mean, I, I like the effort towards the end uh, where, um, you know, there was a build-up play between Delano and, and, and Angelo. I mean, I think I, I think I, I really like Delano playing in the midfield. I don't know if anyone else does, but I, I, I really think that he could, he, he, he could be, I mean, I just think he needs to be out there. I mean, he was shooting, he was running. He, he covers more ground than 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 we give him credit for, and at, at least he he seems dangerous on some of the occasions. It's just something that at the moment with this with this lineup we we don't have. So when Dinladi played at the beginning of the season, it was as a long ball off the shoulder play on the counter. He was bad at it. Um, you know, he doesn't have enough composure. I think in that way. I think he's actually pr- decent. Uh, passing the ball and and you know there was I just remember was Atlanta was it Atlanta away last year we had that really great cross in 
um, to yeah to Molino right and Molino scored the goal in Atlanta. Um, I, I just thought that I think that he looked better when he was on the counter, but not as a kind of lone forward. Uh, and we've tried him on the wing before. I'm not sure if I'm ready to see him in the midfield the, the way you are, but uh, I, I would like to see him out there more. I, I, again, it's so hard to tell what's going on, and I don't say that even blaming the team. It's hard to know what's going on with his uh, health. It's hard to know what's going on with Romario, uh, with uh, any of these guys. Um, uh, certainly, I'd like to see more of them. But I think he's a winger. So you want him to cut in, obviously. You're not. You're not. You don't want him to to pump in crosses. So so he's not a wing back, right? He's he's like in a four two three one. He's a wide player with a full back who can overlap. I think that. Um, but he but he has looked decent as a as a striker. I just I he doesn't he doesn't have I don't think the ability to play the kind of hold up style that Adrian Heath so clearly wants. Right. But he can run the channels, so if we were, I mean, if we were to shift into a style like the way Atlanta play, he, he's a striker who's much closer to, like, Joseph Martinez in the way that he plays, obviously not in the output, but in the way that he plays, than, like, to Josie Altidore. Yeah, and I think Rodriguez is used to holding the ball and then, and then dumping it off to someone who's making a run, but in this game, in previous games, no one's making those runs. Yeah. So usually Quintero is making those runs yeah. to be able to do that. And so I think some of Rodriguez's fr- frustration is the fact that he's pretty much the only lone forward up there and everybody's trying yeah. trying to get over there. So, so, I mean, Ibarra hasn't been, uh, Miguel hasn't been as 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 on as, as he's used to. Yeah, he's been he quiet. Used to, he used to be very quiet. I would expect him to make those runs, but I don't know if he's making those runs. And so seeing Danladi make those runs is, is a good thing, but I just don't... No, anybody else who's willing to make those runs except for Quintero at the moment in that midfield. I, you know, and I, I just want to point, Ramirez had a period of the year where he played, it was the same thing. He was trying to be, he was the one guy up top and there was nobody supporting him. It was the same thing. I don't I, I think, it's, it's not player related, it's the system. Yeah, I agree, it's the system. Can, can I um, uh, just go in the Wayback Machine uh, to... Uh, the time when uh, the point of the the season, I don't know, twenty thirteen, when uh, Manny Lagos used Christian Ramirez as a central midfielder. Do you remember that, Alex? Isn't that when he? That's where he grew up playing. I mean, I, I think actually, it's like his. It's like his. He did, but he was bad natural at it. position. He was bad at it when he played for Minnesota. It was. Uh, it was like. It was late in the season, and there was. Uh, I forget what was going on, but it just. I think back about, about that, and I'm like, "What? What was? What were people? What were you smoking?" But um, I actually think Christian could play as a number eight because he can. He has a good long pass. He's not a great like two or three touch short passer. Like his passing is either like quick one twos or long cross field balls. Yeah. He doesn't really. Split the lines very well. Well, let me let me anyway. uh, finish off this segment and and just say, there's a break, an uh, international break, and then uh, DC United versus Minnesota um, at the Jailhouse. Uh, and do we, you know, Calvo will be missing again because uh, of suspension. Uh, and Boxhall, right? Boxhall as well, yeah. Boxhall as well. All right, so it's going to be. It's always, it's always 
Olmsberg and Coleman and do the four two. I think so. Because uh, because yeah. Mears Mears, Mears left the team. No right. We're gonna have two <laughs> defenders only. Mears left the team uh, to go back to to England to a championship team. I didn't even Did see. We get the ghost back from Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, the ghost. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> Have the uh, ghost. I see dead center backs. Um, <laughs> well, so Jerry's, Jerry's, Jerry seems to Jerry would be the only option there. I mean, I mean Miller, Miller, Miller. If you want to do the three well, back, no, but we don't know if Miller, what Miller situation. Yeah. Look, he he pulled something. Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna go way. with a four four man back line. Yeah, they can. I think but, so too. Yeah, but who are they gonna have? They'll they'll probably recall Carter Manley, so they've got the depth because they'll have Jerry. Is Alexi Gomez still alive? Yeah, he is. So he, they have be, options, he, he but they're not ideal. And and we don't know what Quintero's injury is because there were like you know whispers uh, around that this was season ending, and uh, I don't I don't I don't I've well, not heard anything. The first time. I mean I brought it up a couple of times when we had that home game stretch that he after every game he looked like he was he was pulling or it was something with his groin that he always kept on grabbing onto and I always saw him like walking around with ice or being taken off or being looked at by the by the trainer so like I, I knew something might be happening but if it's season ending oh man yeah on, on I mean the Instagram over, so on Instagram there was a video of him running in like one of those um I don't know what do you call it like the like a treadmill but you're, you're in sort of a, a pod that's around your waist and I guess it like yeah. reduces the resistance for your legs I don't know what it was but I don't know what that means about his injuries. Someone tweeted us. Check out his Instagram story. It means he has pod legs, which is yeah. uh, it's terminal actually. <laughs> so um, so let's let's uh, take a break. We've got some uh, weird Twitter questions. So uh, we'll, I'm I'm gonna go get a glass to try out this box of house wine, which uh, looks awesome. Yeah, it's not bad actually. Pretty good. <laughs> there you go. Sponsored. <laughs> All right, back on the fifty five one podcast, and uh, Alex, uh, during during the break, you were you you kind of uh, worked yourself up to a lather on yeah. uh, on something. So go go. Well, Ty- so Tyrone Mears is being released and is going back to England, and I have to say, I thought he actually did better than I thought he was going to do with the club. But he's he's like a substitute wing, like fullback. He he. And he was like installed from the start as the starter, which was really frustrating. And the most frustrating Tyrone Mears moment of the year, which was not his fault at all, was when we had an opening at center back. I think because Calvo was suspended or international duty, or whatever. And like it was, it was like Wyatt Amsberg time. And then the lineup is announced, and it's Tyrone Mears deputized as a center back. And like our talented young center American center back on the bench doesn't get any time. And Mears was not good in that role, shockingly. And it was just it was yet another evidence of the fact that it feels like every time we have quote unquote played it safe and put in veterans in a tough game, we've we've gotten destroyed. Like we, I don't think that strategy has ever worked for us. And it you just. I look back at all those minutes that we used on guys like Tyrone Mears, and I think Jermaine Taylor. Jermaine Taylor, and I think, what if we 
what if we had played Joe Greenspan? What if we had played, you know, Wyatt Amsberg? Can we please get our young players some minutes? We're not making the playoffs. We know that. Put in the kids. Get okay. them time. Let me uh, hit some questions here then. Uh Brandon DePillis says, uh, should we celebrate the day we're uh, officially knocked out of the playoffs and call it Adrian Heath Day? Then he has a follow-up of, of getting together. and uh, I, I mean, that's going to happen. I, I think there is some sort of... I made this joke way earlier in the season about how Vancouver and us and Colorado and all these teams that were kind of like just kind of okay bad um, were kind of hoping that they were not so mediocre that their coaching would stick around. And so, like, because I know Vancouver fans are kind of pretty much done with Carl Robinson. And also, there's some, like, weird drama that I can't quite figure out from Twitter, like, of playing players only from one agent. I I don't... I've not, like, seen any articles on it, but there's some weird allegations going on. But... um, It's very Philadelphia, too. Philadelphia fans have wanted Jim Curtin gone for a long time, but he never produces a team that's bad enough but they're but i actually think jim Curtin is probably one of the most underrated coaches he's never had anything to work with yeah i mean he's way better than ben olsen and uh you know all the all these other like former players who've like somehow had a job still even though they've just been mediocre or bad or i don't mind him either but i'm just saying that philly fans have wanted him gone and even though they're in fifth in the east right now they in the league. I mean, they're behind Vancouver in the standings, and Vancouver are eighth in the West. So there's just this weird thing with the leagues going on. Anyway, all right. Stephen Nelson says only watch the condensed match, but it feels like we played okay against a team that's better than us. Is that fair? Um, uh, and then he said, if we save up eleven subs, do we get to <laughs> if we save up eleven subs? Do we get to change the whole team at halftime at some point? That's good. All right, and then his real question is, for next year, do we keep Jerry? Alex? Um, uh, it, it probably depends on what his contract is, and I don't really know that. I imagine but we have uh, I like um, him. I a, want an him option. Keep, I want him to stick around. I think that, you know, I, I would like to try to get someone better as a fullback, but I think he's fine he's and totally, he's, totally... He's only- MLS He's only quality. making a hundred seventy thousand. Yeah, but um, I don't know how many years he has versus like options and all that kind of stuff. I imagine they've got oh, a year, another option at that. You know, that they signed him on two years with an option. Um, I would keep him. Yeah. So then, so then, let's see. Who do we have? What's our depth? Um, Carter Manley, uh, Eric Miller, uh, Jerome Tison, uh, Mark Birch, technically. Mark Birch, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I would say. Uh, it depends on what the team thinks about the future of Carter Manley. Um, you know, he didn't have a good year this year, but, you know, he's a kid. Um, uh, you know, Eric Miller is the only one there who definitely should be back next year. And Jerome Tisson is good enough that, um, you know, at that price, he's not, like, breaking the bank. But that's not too much under what Stephen Betasher was available for. Oh, oh man. pisses me off. All right. Yeah. Uh, Scott, Scott Campbell says, My other favorite team, the <laughs> Twins, hyped the target. Target field is the primary draw when they could not field a competitive team to the point of putting the stadium picture on the cover of their media gar- guide. Are we down the same path with Minnesota United and Allianz Field? 
Hoops is the opposite, or if you build it, they will come? Yeah, I mean, it's it, no, I guess it is believing if you build it, they will come, and that's all you have to do is build it and not do anything else. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the they in this case is the fans and not the star players of, of ye olde days. I mean, it is, it is you know, the t- key center marketing points for the team are the Dark Clouds, True North Elite, and the supporters, etc. I mean, that yeah. that's the way they, they market. And so um, it's not too dissimilar. But I, I think, like, there's... Look, we, we just started to see them dip in with Darwin Quintero, and the pursuit of Nicholas Benedetti was real. This team w- is not going to be Philadelphia Union. I think that there will be real money spent. Will it always be spent well? I don't know. But I, I don't think that we're looking at this team that that is just happy with being in eighth place, ninth place. Um, just I, barely. I, I think that... Look, it's soft open. We've had some uh, hiccups, but we've talked about many times on this. As an expansion team, they're not that bad, which is hard to put your head around sometimes. Yeah, but they're not really an expansion team anymore. Yeah, but and no. But when even you look two, at the when you look at two the t- years in, yeah. But when you look at the teams that had similar in our cohort, Atlanta and LA which had similar advantages in terms of allocation money. I know the situations are different with the stadium and all that, but it it's not... People are going to, you know, those comparisons keep being made. They're always going to be made. And that excuse is wearing thin. Man, Minnesota's really hoping that Cincinnati are terrible next year. Yeah, they are. Uh, Rebel without a clue at Matt Barnes 1985 says which player would be most likely to have a burlesque dance ready to perform at a moment's notice this is because uh, last weekend uh, Dark Clouds had their watch party at uh, at Townhouse Bar which is the future Black Black Heart of St. Paul come this Thursday so Friday will be the first day of uh, of my uh, uh, benevolent regime um so it was awesome to see, you know, 50, 60 people kind of there cheering and uh, not just as a plug, but like I will say um, one of the great things about uh, uh, the end of the season when it's bad, like watching a game at home when the team is bad and there's no hope is bad. But when you're watching a game at the bar, like I was chatting with some people who I kind of vaguely know from Twitter and then Rodrigo I saw you at halftime and we chatted. You get to like bitch about the team and that's like a like a good process. Like listening to this podcast or me being on this podcast. Bitching about it is one of the best parts, right? I mean, that's that's what you you just like, "Oh my god, why?" You know. Um uh, you know, that gives joy. Uh so uh so but then after the game there was <laughs> Foxy Tan's Astrology was the burlesque show. Ah. Uh, uh, and and I, I tweeted out that um, I was in the bathroom and I hear this announcement of the... the, the uh, and now, this next performer, blah, 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 the Marxist burlesque uh, comrade something. And I missed it and I was like, like rushing to wash my hands. And like, what is going on? Uh, so anyway, it was burlesque after it uh, was kind of a hilarious ju- juxtaposition. Um, so, all of that to explain this question. Which player would be most likely to have a burlesque dance ready to perform at a, at a moment's notice? Anyone? 
Jerry, I think, is a good bet. Okay. I mean, I, I would think the Brazilians would be at least, like, primed for it with Carnival. That's true. And, That's true. And so, I mean, my, my thought is... Uh, well, we don't see a lot of the Brazilians doing any of that. At least, yeah. at least in their social media accounts. Yeah. You see Jerry really involved. I mean, my other guess would have been Cabo, because he likes to answer questions. He likes... There's a bunch of stuff on his, on his Instagram where he dances. Uh, Francisco, <laughs> if you want to... I know you listen to this all the time. Francisco, this is Wes. If you want to do any burlesque dancing at my bar, I will pay you. It'll be big money. I, so please, Francisco. Um, do, Col- we need, do we need to Google Translate now, or, or, or are we okay? No, we're all right. Uh, Colin O'Donnell says, uh, um, If the loons were shots of liquor... Who would be the following? Cheap whiskey, 12-year scotch, vodka, rum, and Malort. This list is not a good list. I mean, Malort is is uh, a woundy. <laughs> uh, which feels mean to a woundy, even, yeah, even though I called him a ghost. <laughs> Malort seems a bigger in- insult. Uh, Malort is, uh, is Demidov. Yeah. Okay, I yeah. can see that. Uh, but uh, you know, cheap. Who's the the cheap whiskey of this team? Who's the twelve year Scotch? I don't know. Cobbles a cheap whiskey. How come you have to justify it? I have yeah. to justify? Yeah. I don't know. I just don't think he's he's worth his value. That's, that's oh, cheap. I, I think uh, I I think of um, uh, uh, Coleman as a cheap whiskey, right? You know, he's he gets the job done. Uh, but he's not unlike other cheap uh, uh, liquors. You know, you can get a decent cheap whiskey, and so. Uh, I'm not a whiskey drinker too much. That's probably okay. why. Okay. Who's yeah? I mean, is Gomez the pisco of this? Uh, no, never. <laughs> I'm trying to think of uh, who I, is the uh, who is the the sweetest, the sugariest player on the team for the rum. For the rum category. Yeah, that's what I, was trying to think of. I mean, I think Miguel Ibarra is a. Rum, some sort of rum beverage. Mm. Uh, you know, a, a, a mix. No, no, f- uh, more frou frou. What is Ibsen? Ibsen has to be one of these. Uh, Ibsen is. Is he is the 12 year scotch? No, Ibsen is the alcohol where you're like convinced this time. Ibsen is absinthe. Every time <laughs> I've tried absinthe, like, oh my God, yes, let's do absinthe. Let's, let's, okay, we've got the spoon, we've got the sugar, we're going to let. Oh, yeah. Oh, what the? F- what just <laughs> happened to me? Holy shit! I'm now like on the floor. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's Ibsen. Every, every time though, it's gonna be different. Vodka. Though. Who's vodka? That'd be. Uh, d- no, no flavor. Goes down, gets you drunk. Colin Warner. <laughs> does the job, uh, but yeah. doesn't necessarily score or take anybody out. Just he's there and he's contributing. I'll take that. that. That's okay. mean to Colin Warner. I think he's actually played quite well this season for us. I, he has, and, and it's. I, I mean to say, like, he's not he's not getting much attention, but he comes in and he does a job, right? That's. Yeah. I think he fits vodka. Uh, Dan Scarup uh, says, "Is there any point in trying any more tequila in here either?" Or would it? Yeah. Well, Colin doesn't have uh, good liquor taste, apparently. So, uh, Dan <laughs> says, "Is there any point in trying any more, or would it be just?" Makes sense to give the bench players some minutes now. I feel like I feel like this is now a question that, that we feel like I already answered this. Yeah, I mean, 
yeah, we need to see. You don't do it just for any reason, but I'm glad Toy got minutes. You know, right. I'm glad to see him start. You know, Dunlady, Toy, Omsberg. Right. I mean, there's Maximiano. only a couple. Yeah. Is right. Kelsey again? Or Colin. Uh, who knows? Miller. Martin. Martin and Miller. Sorry, I was trying to say two people at once. Yeah. They're both young. Uh, well, so, Martin. Martin is 23. Miller's 25. So. Yeah. Uh, Final question goes back to Nate in St. Paul. What future MLS city will Heath get his third chance to light a tire fire? Oh, man. Third time's a charm. Uh, I, I, I don't think that Heath will get another MLS job if, if, if he leaves us. I think he'll go back to, I think he'll USL. be hired in USL. Yeah, I agree. I think that. I don't see who else would hire him, And he's yeah. shown every evidence of being a really good USL coach. But he has not had success in MLS. That's just the fact. Yeah. Uh, well, on that note, then, uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, so we will see you next week. Uh, you know? I think so. I don't know if I survive. So I don't know what we'll talk about next week. We don't have a game. Yeah, we don't have a game. Oh. Congratulations to uh, Japan on winning the uh, U20 Women's World We'll talk about okay. the, uh, the Vikings' final preseason game. Right. Well, there's international games, yeah. There's international friendlies coming, I think, right? Well, we'll see. Is even playing? I don't even know. I have no idea. All right, we'll figure out what the hell's going to happen next <laughs> week, guys. I'm going to be opening a bar and hopefully surviving. Uh, when is that? Uh, on Friday will be the first day, so. All right. Yeah. Uh, Everybody knows. We'll, we'll see. We'll, I'll, I'll see you out there. Uh and then, uh, and then probably sometime in September we'll we'll start doing like Saturday morning, Sunday morning, uh, EPL Bundesliga and stuff like that. We're actually going to have trivia uh, on uh, for there will be like a big game and there will be a Alex, trivia. Alex, Yeah, I'll be right yeah. there. All right. all right, thanks guys. Good talk to you, Alex Rodrigo. Thanks, and uh, we'll we'll see you all soon.